0: Welcome to the Ram Ayer Podcast with your host, Ram ayah, thought leader, author, keynote speaker, workshop leader, and mentor. Listen to his engaging conversations with experts from across the world and his personal insights that will help you create a better life, become more successful, and achieve your personal greatness. Now, here's Ram.
1: Business Thinking Radio. I'm Rahm Ayer, your host and president of the Business Thinking Institute in Princeton. Today's show is how can you tap into your intuition to make better business decisions. We are very fortunate today to have Sid Walker, author of Trust Your Gut and six other books uh, with us. Sid has personally coached over 3,000 people and help them to access and leverage their intuition so they can be more successful in business and in life. He has created many millionaires who are happy, have happy lifelong customers, and have a quiet sense of knowing what's right. Forbes called intuition the highest form of intelligence. Some of the greatest business minds have well-developed intuition. Albert Einstein, one of the greatest thinkers of all time, said, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Let's figure out how to access and how to tap into our intuition, and let's talk to the expert, Sid Walker. Sid, welcome.
2: Hey, thank you, Rob. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the great introduction.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, Sid, what is intuition? What is intuition? Is it a skill?
2: Well, that's an interesting question. I guess it's a skill in that it's the ability to really, you know, use a part of your brain that a lot of us have been taught to not listen to. I think you see it most in sports in particular. I mean, most of the time when I'm getting people to consider being more intuitive, we'll talk about sports and being in the zone in particular is a good, everybody's had that experience at some time in their life. You know, so it's a matter of Sheer awareness—you're not really thinking about anything, you know. If you think about what it's like to be in the zone, that's a, that's such a good example of, of just pure intuition, you know, where it's just an awareness, and you're you're reacting to the situation really second by second from all your experience, but there's no there's no real conscious thought involved, you know. Certainly, that's one version of it. Another one, I guess, the skill part of it would be, you know, asking yourself questions listening for answers i think that's kind of another part tell me about intuition all right well that's certainly that's my favorite topic so <laughs> i could talk for a long time on that you know there's a lot of different pieces to it i guess it's pretty fascinating it's probably the most important thing i've ever kind of stumbled into i guess i've always been somewhat intuitive yeah, you know in sports and, and I've been you know somewhat creative in my life but i guess it's been more Interesting in my coaching work for from you know decades really, in helping people, particularly, and uh, I've worked with a lot of financial advisors. I started out working with Fortune 500 executives, and then uh, got more into the sales part of it, more intangible sales. But it's really been fascinating to see how effective you can be when you start to trust there's a part of your brain that's just a whole lot smarter than the one we're trained to use. Most of us are trained to be very analytical and kind of take and operate from the past experience that we've got and try to control things and try to do things just right. When when you shift to being intuitive, you really are much more in the moment, much more in what people call in the zone or maybe on a roll. In the zone is probably my favorite because that's the one that they usually talk about with sports. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's that ability to... Tap into that part of your brain that literally processes millions of pieces of information. It's like I guess that's to me one of the most fascinating things about intuition is that there is no level that you can't reach. There, there's you can always get better at anything if you if you can trust your intuitive instincts. Uh, you know, so that's been a lot of fun. I've helped a lot of people. I've had several people triple their incomes in sales um, over the years, and uh, that's been. And it's not because it's been more technical or they figured anything out. It's more because they became more intuitive. You know, they've trusted mm-hmm. their instincts because you, you tend to be in the right place at the right time more often. You tend to say the right thing at the right time. And it looks kind of magical. It's, uh, anyway, I'll let you ask me some more questions. I could talk forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the logical thing is does everyone have intuition?
2: Oh, I think so. I mean, it's it's a, it's really kind of a, Again, it's a complicated kind of thing. I mean, to me, it's a very spirit-driven kind of thing, whereas, you know, functionally, intuition is really the right brain. Your analytical mind looks at one piece of information at a time. Your right brain looks at, you know, can look at many pieces, really millions of pieces of information per second. You know, when when I'm describing that and teaching people kind of the basics, you know, that's it's kind of like um, your analytical mind's a magnifying glass and your intuition is like Google Maps. So if you're going to take a trip from New York to San Francisco, uh, you're going to need both, but if, but you're going to struggle without Google Google Maps. You know, the magnifying glass is only going to be good for things close up. And the problem is that's in really our whole academic system teaches us pretty much to use a magnifying glass on everything. You know, and that's why I guess the way I like to say it is when you're When you're all intuitive uh you have a tremendous sense of timing and direction that's really kind of one of the main functions of the of the bits like big picture thinking part of your brain's really good at determining what direction to go and when to do it that's more the right brain intuitive side then you got the analytical side that's really good with details it's good with the steps and it's good with details so so you're probably hearing you really need both uh but the the way i say it the other way i like to say it is if you're all intuitive Again, you have a tremendous sense of timing and direction, uh, but you may have trouble getting things done. Whereas, if you're all analytical, which most of us are, we're really good at getting stuff done, but we may be doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Hmm. So, so, you're not so teamwork, teamwork is critical.
1: Yeah. So, you're I'm not thinking. suggesting that intuition replaces logic, but rather complements.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, not at all. In other words, uh, intuition again is is a tool. It's it's uh, it's a big one you know and and we've been trained to not trust it and and avoid it because in our again in our academic system we tend to be taught to only focus on what's provable and observable uh you know the there's a the ego basically combined with the analytical mind you know the ego is really kind of a separate self there's two selves there's the ego and then there's what i call the intuitive self and your ego really is of kind of a, it's a human creation, the ego is it's not our real self, they call it the pseudo self, but it 's obsessed with survival it's obsessed with do, doing everything right it wants to study everything to death and not make any mistakes so it it really likes the analytical approach though the ego the ego and the analytical mind get together you know and they're trying to do life by their rules um, and of course that tends to limit us to us to a tremendous degree because that part of the if we if we combine the ego and the analytical mind, it it doesn't trust the unknown. So anything unknown or unseen basically is kind of folly. As people will say, I live in the real world. Well, what they're saying is I live in the world that's provable and observable. The part that they're dropping out is our true intelligence comes from our ability to get in the right brain and to tap into our intuition, which sees the big picture and massive amounts of information. In other words, it's it's really beyond our comprehension, the size of the database that the intuition has, whereas the database that the ego and the analytical mind have is tiny.
1: Hmm. What, what you're telling me is if I'm an engineer, a scientist, a businessman, somebody mm-hmm. who's good at numbers, a finance job, I already have a certain set of skills that are finely, finely honed, you know, oh, yeah. de- well-developed. But mm-hmm. then if I tacked on intuition, I would become much more capable, much more powerful.
2: Uh, totally. Yeah. Well, and the biggest part of it is in your in your work. I mean, you you're uh, your business killers kind of thing. I mean, you talk about that seventy percent of all businesses fail. Mm-hmm. If people became more intuitive, that number would probably be cut in half. Mm. Because people make dumb mistakes all the time, and they don't really they don't realize. You know they're just doing the conventional wisdom, which I like to say only works about ten percent of the time. Because I've struggled, I tried so hard to do things by the conventional wisdom for probably the first, you know, twenty years of my adult life, and then finally, you know, something had just dawned on me through a series of failures, basically that, you know, I wasn't listening to my intuitive instincts. And and then I said, okay, I mean, that didn't feel right to me on some level. And I started, and I had enough things happen that didn't work. I just went, what's missing? You know, and that was a huge breakthrough because I realized, well, the, you know, where I really got to, I'm, I've always been good in sports. I'm a good snowsicker. I'm a good hockey player. I played a lot of hockey as a kid, which are very intuitive sports. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm good at the balance kinds of things. And I always said, you know, why, why am I so good in sports and why do I struggle so much in business? And, and I was in sales most of the time early on. And um, I did, you know, I did okay, but I've been, I, always was, I tried really hard. And I tried to do everything the way they told me to do, and it just never worked quite as well as I thought. And then one day it occurred to me, I'm just going to do my business the way I do sports, which is just trust my instincts. And everything changed. Things started to work. I started to, people on my, I started to make more sales, and, and I was more likable. And I connected with people at a deeper level, and you know they wanted me around, and they, I became a trusted advisor. And all these magical things happened you know, just as I just did that simple little thing, start to trust myself rather than try to figure everything out.
1: You said something interesting. You said you played hockey, mm-hmm. and hockey is about having good intuition. You remember oh, yeah. the famous quote by Wayne Gretzky: "Being a great hockey player is about, not about knowing where to hit the puck, too, but rather being where the puck will go to."
2: Yeah, exactly. Like oh yeah, yeah, that's huge. You uh, know, and you know, and that's the, you, your question was, you know, does, do, does everybody have intuition? Well, I think it's. That was a long a long answer to that question, but it's everybody has it. It's been covered up by that combination of the ego and the analytical mind which is obsessed with what's observable and provable. And there's a sense there's a tendency to not trust which you can't see or prove or in other words, a lot of times intuition it will be an idea or a thought or a feeling that will float into your mind out of nowhere. Has nothing to do with what you're currently doing. And it's exactly the answer to a major question you've been asking.
1: See, but but one, you said intuition complements logic and data and everything that people have. But you're not saying that intuition is a feeling. though It's not an
2: emotion. Well, that's a good point. You've got to make a distinction there. Most people don't make a very good distinction there. Men in particular, I guess women have their own version of that. Women tend to have a lot of feelings and they have to figure out which is which. Men men feel a little less I think, but uh they kind of lump everything together, but emotion is a is a past-based feeling about something that's happened before. It's kind of and it can, it can be very intense, it can be very fickle. Uh and that's different than an intuitive feeling it is a quiet sense of knowing that something is right or not right. One other definition I like is the barely, well, the barely audible voice of heaven's a neat one. I like that one. But the, the other one I like is, uh, internal promptings barely caught in the web of human consciousness. So it's very subtle. It's a very subtle feeling. It's not like an emotion, you know, mm. and it's usually, it sticks around. It doesn't change. Emotions change fairly quickly. I mean, people say off and on to me, you know, I trusted my feelings and everything just blew up you know that's not intuition your intuition is never going to lead you to a blow-up of some kind that's emotion emotions to get us in a lot of trouble because it's not that high-level higher self kind of guidance you know we're operating from the smartest part of the brain because the intuition is really very subtle very quiet and it doesn't change it's like you know kind of the ultimate wisdom you could say Mm -hmm. that we've been trained to ignore Mm
1: So, so in, in business, you know, there are things like I need to be a great or a, I need to be a better leader. I need to make decisions, better decisions, faster. I need to relate to people better. I need to deal
2: with complexity, right? Uh, yes. I
1: need to deal with stress. Can intuition help me with these things?
2: Well, sure. You know, and the biggest reason, again, is because and the function of intuition really is direction and timing. And so those are really the two things that are missing when you are obsessed with the ego combined with the analytical mind is more obsessed with the steps and doing things correctly and figuring things out. So the problem is without, in fact, there's a quote I've got from the uh, Harvard business review that basically to paraphrase, it says the more complicated, the problem, the more you need to add intuition because because of the the analytical mind's narrow focus or your conscious mind mm. tends to be more narrowly focused and it tends to not see the big picture and make obvious mistakes, so that intuition again is timing when do you do things, and then what direction do you go? Those are huge pieces of information that don't tend to show up in the analytical or in the in the in the analysis approach you know people kind of mm-hmm all right, this makes makes sense, so let's go do it. Whereas if you checked in on your intuition and said, all right, does this feel right? And the answer was no. You'd find out that the timing was off, you know, or or the direction was off.
1: So so if I'm a business person, whether I'm an executive at a company or business owner, CEO, entrepreneur, solopreneur, you name it, right? How can intuition help me do better in business?
2: Well, again, it's, you know, you're going to make better decisions if you have better information. Because I guess the way to say it, the simplest way to say it is you've got two databases. You have the database of your, your ego slash analytical mind, your conscious mind, where it's been collecting information throughout your life about how things work. And you go to school and you learn things. That's a tiny little database compared to your intuition, which has access, really an unlimited access to to Information. Where, I mean, I, I'm not even sure where it comes from exactly. I mean, there's there's different descriptions of that depth, but it's kind of like the unconscious mind uh, has just a thousand times more, ten thousand times more information than your conscious mind does. So your so which would be better? Do you want to work from a, a a database with a with a value of one or a database with the value of fifty? You know, if it's, if you're operating from a big, bigger database, you're going to make better decisions. And interestingly, some people you know, would point out too, that your ex- more experience you have, the better your intuition. That's certainly true. Mm-hmm. But, but you're also, when you do things, I remember one time uh, somebody defined confidence, which I always liked as, how comfortable are you doing something for the first time? And so that, mm-hmm. that starts to bring an in intuition. You're, your ability to be intuitive actually allows you to be more skilled doing things for the first time which can happen in business you know you're if you're a pioneer or if you're doing something new that's one thing i tell my clients all the time there's the two things that if you if you listen to highly successful entrepreneurs and when somebody says if you're going to do it differently or do it all over again what would you do differently they always say one they always say two things in some way one is they say that they would trust their intuition sooner and more often. And the other thing they say is they wish they would have made more mistakes faster. Mm,
1: That they learn. Totally
2: opposite of the way we're trained to think. And those are very intuitive things. Trust your intuition, make more mistakes. That's the total opposite of the academic model. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's, but see, that's not provable. That's, That's really the biggest challenge of being intuitive is you're going to get the answer. Uh, you ask a question, you're going to get an answer at some point, and then the question is, do you trust it, and do you take action on it? So it takes guts. I, t- I say that all the time. It takes guts to be intuitive, especially in business, because you don't know if it's going to work. So,
1: so you're but saying the that
2: more, it requires a leap of faith? Yes. That is fantastic. That's really more accurate. It is a leap of faith because your faith is in your higher self. Your faith is in your ability to tap into that smarter part of your brain but it doesn't show you how it came up with the answer it just gives you the answer so, so the so only way you can you can go ahead with it is to trust it
1: so Sid, you're what you're saying is it's not about trusting the data it's about trusting your the super intelligent part of your own brain
2: yes yeah which i liken to divine guidance ultimately i'm a very I call I call myself spirit-based rather than spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I changed that a few years ago cuz to me the most important thing is that you connect with and become familiar with your spirit. There's an alive part of you that's extremely intelligent and that and is at much higher vibration. Uh, I mean, I mean spiritual spiritual all the spiritual stuff is good, but it's it's different. It's more it becomes more intellectualized. It becomes less in the moment real because the part of it, I like to say that I like to teach people to be more spirit based rather than ego based. The ego is more the analytical approach, collecting you know from the smaller database, you know based on your own experience. A lot of misperception there, unfortunately. But whereas you shift to being an intuitive, take an intuitive, spirit based approach. Now you're tapping into that higher vibration, that higher intelligence you actually become more intelligent in that way but it's a fascinating change because it's not the same ego-driven kind of confidence that that comes from this it's more uh, the more you trust and act on your intuition the more you start to trust it and i tell people don't start out with big things if you're not used to doing it start out with little things because you can make mistakes no
1: question so i guess i guess that that what you're saying is very logical the more you trust yourself and see success, the more you'll continue to trust yourself. And the same way with intuition, you have to practice being intuitive, I guess, and then uh, you can become more and more and more and more intuitive for bigger and bigger decisions.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like you you have to develop trust and faith in taking the leap of faith. You know, you have to develop kind of faith (laughs) in the unknown. You need
1: to have You need to have faith in faith.
2: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Because to to a tremendous degree, we're trained away from that by our academic system, you know, and our kind of that combination of ego and the analytical mind. You know, we're trained to be suspect of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Uh, But not in sports, for example. It's very common. I mean, it's, you know, people... I'll have that experience in sports or something, you know, maybe it could be music or or performing or something that's, you know, complicated and creative, you know, that's where the intuition is going to come into play. But it's, it's interesting to see that people, um, our best, our best and brightest and most creative performers and sports people are, are that way because they're intuitive Mm -hmm. period. But those are my most successful financial advisors which I've coached over 3,000. I've coached a lot of different kinds of people, but that's been my specialty because I, I like the intangible sales. But uh, they already trust their intuition in order to be, be professional athletes. And then when they get into the financial services business, of course, they all try to teach them how to do it very traditionally. Uh, but when they find me and, and I show them that they can do this intuitively, they already know how to do that. They totally trust that. And then they just go to town and become, you know, huge successes practically overnight, which is fun to watch. Mm. Because I was in that business, I spent years trying to figure it out, and I struggled because of that. And it was only when I said, okay, I'm going to take the same approach I take in sports, and I'm just going to go wing it. I'm just going to go have fun here and do what feels right. And that's another important distinction, by the way. Some people hear me speak and they'll say, well, this is great. It says do what feels good. (laughs) <laughs> well, not quite. You can get a lot of trouble doing what feels good. You get, what feels right is is something more, is deeper. You know, it's it's more on purpose, and you know, it has a uh, has a positive quality to it, where you're trying to have a positive impact. Whereas
1: feels good you know, is emotion. Feels right <laughs> is intuition.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's kind of like if you're trying to lose a few pounds. It may feel good to have the extra piece of, of pie or, or the extra scoop of ice cream, but it won't feel right <laughs> if you're really committed.
1: Good example. So Sid, yeah. here's the thing: many people know that intuition exists within each of them, but mm-hmm. if you tap
2: into it or use it.
1: Why? Why don't we use uh, intuition more?
2: Well, there's a, it's that it's the leap of faith. I think really, you know, that it just takes the takes that ability to. That's but that would be one part. We've kind of talked about that. I guess the the mechanics of it are are more uh, would be another interesting element, which would be how do you access your intuition? And probably it's so simple. It's it's kind of amazing when you think about it. All you have to do is ask yourself a question. Um, in other words, it's it's the uh, what's that quote from the Bible? The, I think it's Corinthians or something that. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. I mean, that's not just a cute saying, that's a promise. You know, so if you ask yourself a question, you're going to get an answer. And, you know, you can have the answer, you can try to figure out the answer from your intellect, or you can wait for the answer from your intuition. And that's a very, that's a huge distinction and a very important skill. You know, the ability to ask yourself a question and then wait for the answer, rather than trying to figure it out. Because it'll show up and you never know what's going to show up. It might be right away and it might be you're driving down the road after work and, and you're listening to some music you like and all of a sudden, boom, the answer pops in your head out of nowhere.
1: How, how you do know, you know it's intuition giving you the answer and not a daydream saying, I just want the uh, Powerball?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, again, you know, it's more that's, you learn what that feels like. You know, I mean, most people have some sense of that. Most people know what an intuitive hunch or an intuitive thought feels like. You know, everybody's had That's them.
1: Training, some training, some level of
2: training. yeah. It's, it's really you have to become more familiar with that, or kind of dust it off and bring it back into your awareness. Most people are listening to their ego slash analytical mind all the time, and it's chattering away, judging and evaluating everything, and telling you what to do and what not to do. That's one voice. And so that voice is louder. Uh, it's more judgmental, and you don't really hear the intuition, which is described as the, the more uh, another good description is the still small voice.
1: So you need to train yourself to listen to that small voice
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. above the loud
1: noise of the world, the logic, etc.
2: Yeah, I mean most of the most of the coaching that I do is teaching people how to disengage from the ego so you can hear your intuition because exactly. when you learn to do that everything changes you actually start to live in a different reality it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen I've been playing around with it all my life but in the last couple of years I just had some major breakthroughs with it and uh you know it's amazing what's happened in terms of what my cl- how fast my clients are moving with this uh, but again it takes some guts because you've got to let go of what you're what you're used to doing and huh. Like I said, you ask questions and wait for the answer. You don't try to figure it out. That sounds so simple, but that's actually fairly hard to do for a lot of people. They want to figure out the answer. They want the answer now. <laughs>
1: you know. So, So what you're saying is everybody has intuitive abilities in them, mm-hmm. but they need to practice how to access it how to ask questions of it how to listen to it right
2: yeah exactly that that's the training that really taught? yeah we've been training. we're so we're so used to not using it we've forgotten how to do it but it's still there it's always there intuition is always there we just can't hear it and and when we do get intuitive hits or hunches we often ignore them as errant uh-huh. thoughts when those could be the most important things that we've thought of all day interesting so so yeah. that's the training is To realize we've got it backwards. We're listening to the ego, which is obsessed with survival and control, and we're not listening to the part of the brain that basically allows us to be perfect the way we are. We can't fail, and we can live in in a a reality that has peace, love, joy, and abundance with no opposite. How's that for? So I I tell people, all right. Well, so you can you can you can do your life with your ego slash analytical mind which includes all kinds of negativity and suffering. Or you can shift to operating as an intuitive spirit, where you're perfect the way you are and you can't fail, and it's peace, love, joy, and abundance with no opposite. Which one would you choose? <laughs> so you so know, it's like so, We've been given so much, it's unbelievable, and we've goofed it up.
1: You see, you, you, you connected a couple of dots for me. One, you say... I wish I had, you know, two, two, two regrets people usually have. One is I wish I had listened to my gut. And right. two, I wish I had failed more frequently. Oh, yeah. And really, the second one is I wish I had failed more frequently because each one of them would have taught me something that would have then guided me towards the right decision, which was yeah. where my gut was pointing me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The next question. Has- that's actually, see, that goes against the academic system, which is designed to not make mistakes. The goal of the academic system is to do it perfectly every time. Mm. And, the, and that's okay. That works somewhat, maybe 10% of the time, let's call it. The fastest way to learn how to do anything is make mistakes as fast as you can, which is when you watch a child learn to walk, mm. uh, they don't criticize and berate themselves for falling down. They just mm. go, oh, That didn't work. Try something
1: else. You you as
2: adults, we're constantly criticizing criticizing ourselves for for not doing what we set out to do, you know, rather than going, well, okay, well, what can we learn from what happened? Which is kind of the same thing. If you pay attention, life is teaching you how to succeed all the time, but Mm -hmm. we mostly ignore that.
1: Because we term that as failure.
2: Yeah, and we think, well, we failed, so we need to fix that. We need to fix the thing that made us fail. And, and, and the, the kind of the interesting or irony of that is, you can't get there from here, kind of thing. You know, it's more the thing we need to do is to learn from our mistakes, and that will teach us to succeed. Whereas when we're trying to fix the things that are wrong, that's the old saying: we're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's not, it's not going to work. We're not dealing with the source. In other words.
1: Mm-hmm. So said, if I'm a business person, I want to learn how to access and develop my intuition. One logical question that pops into would pop into any business person's mind is, how long will it take to get good at this?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no, you're going to ask me that. That's a tough question because it's it can be instant. Okay. I mean, some people are really good at it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, they you know they just they somehow managed mm-hmm. to listen to their intuition. They trust it more you know a lot of us have been trained so far away away from it you know we it takes some baby steps to get there but I think what I what you find is if you start small and you do you take the baby steps and then you start to see you get energy you get energy from when you trust your intuition it's it's kind of an amazing thing the other part and this is kind of this is one of my discoveries in recent years you know mm-hmm. and I'll, it's a little more out there but I'll, I'll throw it out just because it's just for, t- for kind of a fun thought but it's uh you know God doesn't really want us to be egos because that's not really a spirit based approach God wants us to be intuitive spirits mm-hmm. so one of the things that happens is the more you trust your intuition the more you trust your intuitive instincts which is really what we're supposed to be doing um, you're given things and some mm-hmm. people call them miracles You know, because things will fall into place in ways you never would have figured out. And to me, that's one of the most fun things of trusting your intuitive instincts, is things will go together. And and it happens to me several times a month at least, sometimes more than that now, where I'm trusting my intuitive instincts and I maybe, you know, I go left instead of right because I have a feeling I'm supposed to go right. And my, my ego wants to go left and I go, no, well, let's try going right. And I go right and, you know, a miracle happens. You know, something, you know, it's like a, I'm in the right place at the right time or I say the right thing at the right time and somebody buys or I get a big contract, or I mean, you know, those kinds of things. It's, it's, it's very hard. You can't explain it. There's no logic to it. I mean, I guess that's the definition of a miracle. It's just something kind of happening without really any relationship to anything else that you're doing. But that's the part that I've had more fun with my clients lately. That's our new goal is let's, let's have some miracles every day because we're trusting our intuitive instincts and the universe or god whoever it is says good job here's a miracle so people in think? business
1: who have miracles every day will be more successful in business totally. whether they put the, whether they put the label of god or spirit or spirituality or higher intelligence whatever label or even even out. just
2: right right brain is you know or it's all, all that right same brain. general yeah. direction
1: that's based upon the individual right
2: yeah yeah that totally so it doesn't matter what you call it, yeah it's there, and it works
1: so 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 this intuition is not religion based it's not about God, it is a higher intelligence that is resident within each and every one of us
2: yeah that well that's right make Back to sports in it's functional life. you see it in sports and and we and sports is such a part of our lives, uh whether you're into sports or not, it's there you know all over the place. And you see it there because the people that are good in sports are the people who trust their right brain, intuitive side, where they're not not—they're not thinking, they're, they're reacting to the situation based on their experience and their ability to, uh, to do what feels right in the present moment. You know, to me, that's one of the funniest parts of the Super Bowl. There'll always be some guy, you know, who does an amazing play that wins the game, and they always interview him at the end, and they say, well, how did you know to do that? What were you thinking about? They're just making stuff up. They have no idea. Mm. You know, they just, they're just in the moment. They're in the zone. They're just doing what they've been trained to do and, and trusting their intuitive instincts and, and they win the game. Because they, they actually weren't thinking. What? Thinking is much slower. You know, the way we've been trained to process information is, is, uh, I like to say that your analytical mind is, you know, is a very, uh, kind of slow plotting part of the brain, whereas your your intuition is uh, a racehorse. You know, it'll give you an here's answer a, very quickly.
1: Here is a good way to look look at this. Mm-hmm. If you thinking and using a lot of logic is really hard work,
2: intuition
1: yes. is a shortcut to spectacular success.
2: And it's fun, and you get energy from it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like there's a reward there, and it doesn't yeah. mean that you uh that you don't use the logic because again if you're intuitive you get this you you may you, you get the sense of timing and direction very quickly you know what you know which way to go and that's been one of the challenges of my life i tend to be more intuitive the steps are more work you know i've got to slow down and and use the analytical and the logical you know to do the steps so it's been, you know teamwork is required one's not better than the other the problem in our society is we're so focused on the analytical and then you combine that with the ego, which is obsessed with control and dominance and survival that makes us all do strange things. Um, You know, so if you can kind of get yourself unhooked from the ego and all of that baggage and then operate more both analytically and intuitively, you know, that's the zone. That's where I try to get people. And then the thing that's, then you start to have, miracles happen which is things falling into place in ways that you never would have imagined you know to me that's a much more elegant way and, and it works in business as well as anything else and that's what you you and I are talking about these days is and I've been doing it my whole career kind of unknowingly in some ways um, you know I got started in sales doing the traditional model my average client today has a 90% closing ratio without using any sales technique whatsoever. You don't mm-hmm. need it. You know, if you're helping people figure out exactly what they want, and I actually teach my clients to help their clients make, de- um, to help their clients make intuitive decisions. Because uh, one of the things we say, or I get them to say, is my main job here is to help you make educated decisions that feel intuitively right to you. This is not about me trying to sell you a product. Mm-hmm. People love it. You know, because everybody knows on some level that that's the best solution, the one that feels right. But we forget and we get talked out of it and do other things. And, you know, actually that's like buyer's remorse. If you help people figure out what feels intuitively right, there's no buyer's remorse. They buy it and keep it. Poor. Whereas where there's buyer's remorse because somebody got talked into it. And then, you know, and it wasn't quite right. Anyway, are we. Are you still there?
1: That was Intuitively right. So, Sid, so what, what you do is, you know, with your coaching, you teach people how to access and leverage their intuition anytime yes. they
2: want. Yes. Well, and what happens is the more you do it, the more you want to keep doing it. You know, it's like, it's like learning a new skill. Once you've done it for a while, and this is another really important thing, is you need to keep track of the results. One of the most important things I did by accident, practically, was I started to keep a log. I was kind of in my 30s. I'm in my 60s now. But I started to keep a log, and I've kept it uh, really since then. I still do it all the time. Or, you know, a couple times a week I'll stop. And I write down the miracles, you know, the the insights, uh, the times when I made an intuitive choice of some kind, and then what happened. And it's really amazing to see, because probably the biggest thing that I got from that was I started to realize that your ego does not want you to remember your intuitive choices and how they worked. Your ego wants you to figure everything out. It wants you to, you know, it wants to maintain control because it's obsessed with survival. Your ego doesn't want you trusting the unknown and having that work because then you don't need the ego because part of the ego is is it's skilled at its own survival as well. So anyway, that was an amazing thing for me to see because I started to see that my ego wants, it starts, it tries to erase my, my successes from my intuitive choices as fast as it can. So you think, I ask people, so have you made intuitive choices in your life? Can you tell me a few? I mean, people some will struggle to, to, to remember. They know they have, but they can't remember them. And so that's, that's part of the whole process of, of saying to, to keep the track of the, to keep the log and then to see that it works. You know, it's proof that it works.
1: So Sid, we, we started with a quote uh, by, uh, by Albert Einstein he apparently said the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And from listening to you, what what struck me was you're talking about a way a person in business and in life can leverage both the rational mind that each one of us has and society Uh celebrates, but also access and leverage the gift that is resident within each one of us, which is this super brain intuitive mind,
2: yeah, oh absolutely, yeah, I mean it's that it's that your analytical mind makes you it's kind of black and white, it likes to go either or where your intuitive mind is very inclusive, yeah. so you've kind of kind of you know when you're when you're teaching people this, they kind of think they need to be intuitive and not analytical, but that's not really it you You want to be both. See,
1: I, I have a bar graph that I use, you know, I tell people that, you know, engineers and scientists think of mm-hmm. everything as black and white, 50% black and 50% white or whatever the percentages are, mm-hmm. whereas in reality, business is probably about 5% black, 5% white and 90% gray.
2: Oh, totally. I say that to people all the time. Gray is what works, not black and white.
1: <laughs> gray works. <Set> yeah. With, <laughs> with that. Many thanks for taking time to come on uh, Business Thinking Radio. I enjoyed our discussion thoroughly, and I look forward to having you back as more people figure out how to access and leverage their intuition to make better decisions and be a whole lot more successful in business and in life. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for listening to Business Thinking Radio. If you'd like to comment on this episode, please send an email to businessthinkingradio at businessthinking.com. This is Ram Ayer signing off.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ram Ayer Podcast. Every week, we bring you the thought provoking and practical conversations to help you become better, smarter, and more successful, helping you achieve your personal greatness. All from the perch of Ram Ayer, the thought leader, author, keynote speaker, workshop leader, and mentor. If you want to comment on this episode, Please email us at podcasts at mitramaya.com. If you want to listen to previous episodes, please visit www.mitramaya.com forward slash podcasts or find the Ramaya podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever fine podcasts are uploaded.